Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast, your one-stop shop for up-leveling your life. My name is Abigail Lang, and I am a full-time student, content creator, freelance video editor, writer, and motivational speaker. I'm here to help you grow into the life you've always wanted to have, so let's get real on how to do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast. In this episode, we're going to be going over something very interesting, which is the surprising reason why you self-sabotage. And it wasn't really until recently that I completely understood this concept. And it's something that absolutely changes everything for you, because once you're aware of it, This is something that you can target, and once you target it, you're not going to be self-sabotaging all the time. And oftentimes, well, I'm not even joking, 99% of our issues or our failures are just caused by ourselves. It's because we resist working, we resist moving closer towards our goals. It's all self-sabotage, because at the end of the day, rarely is it other people who actually hold us back. It's not other people saying you can't start a business or you can't write this book. It's often you. You are the issue. But once you can figure out why you're doing all these things to hurt yourself, it'll change everything for you and you can get more work done. And today I was doing my morning journaling session. I'm doing the morning pages as a part of a book I'm reading called The Artist's Way. So basically, you write down three pages every morning, just like a stream of consciousness, whatever comes to your mind. And today, what I actually did for my morning pages was I wrote down all the recent ways that I had been self-sabotaging and all the things that have been triggering me. And this is a super, super helpful exercise that you can do if you keep getting upset with yourself because you just keep messing up. And I know how frustrating it is because we all want to improve ourselves and sometimes we can go through periods where we just can't stop messing up. It's like we want to eat healthy, but then we'll slip up and we'll, you know, we'll have a super unhealthy meal when we get back from school or work. Or we want to work out, but then we keep sleeping in and missing our morning workout It can get so frustrating. I know it makes you feel horrible. It makes you feel awful. You just feel so bad about yourself. So I was writing down all the ways that I've been self-sabotaging recently. And of course, you know, I'm a pretty open person, so I'd be willing to share a few of these because I think that it would help if other people knew. Like, (laughs) I definitely self-sabotage as well. So some of the things I keep messing up on and (laughs) I've been getting so frustrated about are the fact that A, I've been going to sleep really late every night, even though sometimes I have the opportunity to go to bed early. I will intentionally stay up and go to sleep late and then I'll end up being too tired to get a good workout in in the mornings and it's become a really, really bad cycle. Another thing is I'll eat healthy the entire day and some days when I'm stressed, I'll come home and then instead of having a healthy meal to balance out my macronutrient ratio like I want to do, I'll just eat something that completely throws off my ratio for the entire day. And it really upsets me because I don't know why I'm doing it to myself. And then another thing I'll do is I will like try to avoid checking social media because oh, I just I hate getting dependent on external validation. It's something I try to avoid at all costs. But then sometimes I'll have a stressful day and the first thing I'll do is open my phone and go into my social media DMs, which is just 
awful. It's awful. I cannot get in the habit of like looking for that outside validation. And it's something that I've gotten really good at like weaning myself off of. But at the same time, like I still have days where I struggle with that. And I think we all do because we're all so wired to want validation from other people. Another thing is sometimes, so I make a to-do list every day, and sometimes I've been waiting until the last minute to do things. So, like, I time block, and on my schedule, let's say, so I'm supposed to take notes on something from 12 to 12.45. Well, I should just start at 12 and take my notes, right? But sometimes I self-sabotage, and I'll say, well, you know, those notes really only take hmm, 15 minutes. Maybe I could just start at 12.30 and do something fun until I actually have to do the notes. And so it's just been this horrible cycle of self-sabotage, and this week I've actually figured out how to finally fix it, which is wonderful because my life seriously felt like it was spiraling out of control. And it was all my fault because senior year started and I'd put so much pressure on myself to have this perfect year and every area of my life was up leveling. Like I made so many wonderful new friends. I was running every day and I just felt so confident and things were just going so well academically. I was working on all sorts of passion projects that I loved. And I think things got so good for me that I started self-sabotaging because my subconscious mind was like, oh my gosh, Abigail, you've literally never experienced happiness like this before. We need to get back to your safe spot, you know, the way things have always been. We need to take you back to when you just felt kind of bleh all the time. So I started self-sabotaging and it was like this horrible realization that my streak of laziness and self-sabotage recently is caused by a fear of success. That is exactly what it is. It's a fear of success and it's a desire to stay in my old emotional state of negativity and like an emotional roller coaster. I wanted to stay there because it was safe. And this is something that will blow your mind. The reason why we don't change is because of this idea of homeostasis for our brains. Our brains get addicted to the same emotions that we feed them on a day-to-day basis. So if you're always negative, your brain literally gets addicted to negativity. And then when you try to change things and make steps to make your life happier, your brain wants to go back to that set point of negativity because it's been that way for so long. This is actually a concept that will just blow your mind. And oftentimes this also comes from a fear of success because success is the unknown. And what we know is our current emotional state. We know where we are right now. We know how things in our life are right now, even if we hate them, even if we're miserable and feel insecure. We know them and we know that it's technically safe because we haven't died yet. So we don't want to change because we are afraid of success because it brings unknown things into our life and it moves us from our emotional baseline, which is, you know, whatever you are right now, negative, maybe you're just kind of in the middle all the time. But if you're not happy all the time, then you're still being controlled by this emotional baseline. And this is what really messes all of us up. It's not that we're lazy. It's not that we don't want to work. It's not that we hate ourselves. It's because our brains are holding us back. It is literally just the conditioning of our brains. I want to introduce you guys to a concept called the happiness upper limit, which is a real scientific thing. And it's something I actually first learned about a year ago. 
when I read a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And Lord, this book has so much good insight. So the happiness upper limit is a term closely related to the fear of success. And whenever we find ourselves stuck in certain areas of our life, even though we literally want to change so badly, like no one wants to stay in a shack. Like we want to live in a mansion. No one wants to be lonely and depressed all the time. We want to have happy, healthy relationships and friendships. We want to enjoy our lives. No one wants to be this miserable. But we have a happiness upper limit, which is essentially the self-imposed threshold on how much happiness and success we believe we deserve. So it all comes down to two things, both this homeostasis concept that we want to stay where we are emotionally, and two, the fact that sometimes we have limiting beliefs and we believe that we don't deserve great success or we don't deserve happiness. So we have this internal thermostat set at a certain level, and whenever we start to exceed that level, whenever we start to make those positive changes, follow up with our habits, we subconsciously find ways to bring ourselves back down. Like a toxic best friend, like whenever you're really doing well in life, that person who finds a way to make you feel bad about yourself, that's basically what you're doing to yourself. And in this book, the author suggests that the self-sabotage is rooted in our subconscious beliefs about what we're worthy of achieving and experiencing. And this often comes down to this fear of success. These beliefs that we have that are limiting us are often formed in childhood and can be very deeply ingrained. So our brains are wired, as I said, to seek comfort and avoid discomfort. So whenever we do things that will uplevel our lives, we step into the unknown. So this is where we become successful, happy. All of that requires us to do something different from what we've always been doing. You can't just keep living the same lifestyle and expect your life to change. Whenever you start to change your habits and do things that are healthy and good for you, our brains actually interpret this as a threat. Our fight or flight response is essentially triggered and we start to feel anxious and subconsciously our mind starts to panic. So we retreat back to our comfort zones, even if those comfort zones are not where we want to be. Even if we hate those comfort zones and those comfort zones will literally kill us, like let's say you are a chronic smoker or you're chronically obese and you can't stop emotionally eating, like if you're doing all these things that are harming your body, that can still be your comfort zone. And whenever you try to change and do better things for yourself, you're going to go right back there because your brain still interprets it as safe. And this can be the same reason, I think, why when people are in toxic relationships, they don't leave. That's why they find it hard. It's because even if something is miserable and horrible for you emotionally, it is what your brain has always known. And that's why it's so hard for your brain to let go of it because we find it scary to leave those relationships and to break free from our old habits, even though it's what's best for us, we're still scared of it because we don't know what will happen when we break free from what we've always known. But when we understand this happiness upper limit, we just need to recognize it, and that's how we can break through it. Now you know that you are being held back by the happiness upper limit. At least now you know, and awareness is the first step to overcoming things. So how do we overcome it? 
As I said, it starts with awareness. You need to recognize whenever you're self-sabotaging because we all know exactly what we need to do to get where we want to go in life. You want to be healthy, you get in the gym every morning, you eat healthy foods, you make sure you get your nutrients in, you get a good amount of sleep. That's how you're healthy. But whenever you do something that contradicts the goal of being healthy, you are self-sabotaging. You are trying to stay where you have always been. You need to recognize that. This can also happen like even in relationships, which is a crazy thing. We can always be raised, let's say, in a toxic environment. Let's say your parents were very abusive, emotionally abusive. They abandoned you. They made you feel needy. We can try to replicate those things in every single relationship and friendship that we have because our brains have become so conditioned to that emotional state of feeling neglected and abandoned and not good enough. It is crazy. We think that we want better for ourselves, but oftentimes when people who have deep childhood trauma get into relationships, they replicate that trauma in the relationship. Even if the person they're dating is wonderful and healthy and the relationship starts off great, they end up self-sabotaging. Either they will cheat or they will get insecure, they'll start to worry, they'll overthink. They will just screw up the entire relationship because their brains are trying to take them back to that baseline point. It's because they just don't know how to break free from that and get better things in life for themselves. You have to challenge those beliefs and recognize when you are self-sabotaging because you will stay stuck right here forever if you don't push past that discomfort of doing something new and if you don't fight your brain's urge to put you back to your baseline. So before I wrap up, I'll just give you a few tools that you can use to effectively manage these feelings and these desires to go back to your baseline. The first of which is just observing your thoughts. That's something that changes everything and that's something that I learned from Joe Dispenza, who is one of my favorite authors of all time. He wrote an incredible book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself that actually changed my life and If you read that book, I know for a fact it will change your life as well. His work is amazing. And in this book, he talks about how when we're trying to change, we do have this subconscious limit, as I said. And what helps is instead of going along with every thought you have, you know, all these beliefs project in your mind as thoughts. So the subconscious beliefs you have determine the thoughts that your brain comes up with throughout the day, right? And when you have horrible beliefs about yourself or a fear of success subconsciously, this will impact all of the thoughts that come to your mind throughout the day. If you want to take the power away from those thoughts, you need to just observe them instead of going along with them. Oftentimes we go along with our negative thoughts without even thinking twice because we assume there are thoughts that are coming from us, like why would we try to harm ourselves? So we should just listen to everything our brain tells us. Well, now you know that your brain can sometimes try to sabotage you. So whenever you have a thought, just observe it. Just say, oh, how interesting that I just thought blank, instead of actually thinking that thought and going down the path associated with it. So let's say you um, walk into your kitchen at home, you're trying to eat healthy, you see a gigantic chocolate cake, and your first urge is just to cut off a little slice to enjoy, right? 
instead of just going along with that thought and going down that route and saying, yeah, you know, it wouldn't hurt just to have a little bit. I mean, yes, I'm trying to be healthier, but just a little bit won't hurt. Instead of going down that whole rabbit hole of thoughts, what you do is you say, oh, how interesting that I just had this desire to eat the chocolate cake. That's it. That takes all the power away from it. You just say, how interesting that I just thought blank. You see something that triggers you in your day-to-day life. Maybe a friend makes a comment that really upsets you. Maybe something that you perceive as a slight towards you. Maybe they say, you don't normally style your hair like that or something, and you're really insecure about your hair. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would say that. Does that mean my hair looks awful? You just say, wow, isn't that interesting that when they said that comment about my hair, I wanted to interpret that as a slight towards my hair. You know, I know that's such a stupid example, but it really just goes to illustrate how we can take these situations, take all the power out of them, and stop going along with our self-sabotaging thoughts. That is the number one trick. Just observe your thoughts, and when you notice a thought that is self-sabotage, like the urge to eat the chocolate cake, when you just observe it, you can say, how interesting it is that I just had that urge, even though I want to be healthy, look, I'm trying to self-sabotage. And now that you realize it's self-sabotage, you're not going to take up that urge. I know you won't, because you're smart enough to know now that that thought wasn't really you, it was just your subconscious mind trying to hold you back. And that is how you can actually overcome the self-sabotage. That is the number one trick. Meditation also ties a lot into it. You can meditate on the type of person who you want to become. And that is a huge thing for getting past this desire to self-sabotage. Because when you focus enough on the exact kind of person you want to become, the habits you want to have, you know, the state you want to be in throughout the day, like whether you're positive, whether you're confident, bold, all of these things, when you meditate enough on what it would feel like to be that person, then you will get comfortable practicing being that person and being that person will come easier to you. So you're not going to feel as likely to self-sabotage because you're basically easing your mind into feeling comfortable with becoming successful, right? That's how we get over the fear. We ease ourselves into it. That's why exposure therapy can actually be a great thing. I used to have a huge fear of public speaking. Such a bad fear awful. Whenever I would have to do presentations in class, my entire body would start shaking and I would feel so nervous. My heart would beat so fast I could hear it. Whenever I would start talking, my voice would audibly start quivering, which was crazy because I had a podcast at this time. And people were probably surprised that a podcaster and someone who really makes a career off of speaking had such anxiety when it came to doing these presentations. But it all was just a deep-rooted fear of public speaking. And you know how I overcame that fear? By doing more public speaking. That was all it took. I took a public speaking class over the summer. And so about every week, I would stand up in front of a bunch of people and I would give a speech on something. And yes, the first few times I was still very nervous. I've given so many presentations and speeches now in my life and... The funny thing is, it really just took practice and it took exposure to get over that fear. Now I really have no issue with presenting, and sometimes I do get anxiety when I'm, you know, having an interview or when I'm being interviewed, but 
For the most part, when I'm presenting, if I feel like pretty prepared, I can honestly do great and I don't have that deep-rooted fear anymore just because I practice doing the right thing and speaking without anxiety enough to actually convince my mind that it's safe to get up and speak in front of people. This is the same thing you can do with your meditation. Meditate on who you want to be. Focus on that. Hold that mental image. Pretend to be your ideal self. That is how you accustom yourself to not be so afraid of success. And as I said, observe thoughts as well, and it will all fall into place. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I hope you all have an amazing and incredible and productive week, and I also hope that you stop self-sabotaging.